great Odin's raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. With, I'll go. Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode number 50. My name is Adam. Today I'm joined by Kevin. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing all right. Uh, this week, since we don't have a feature review, I think we're just going to go over maybe some news bits that we want to talk about. We're also going to be doing our Oscar predictions. Uh, we also are going to be highlighting our Kickstart Sunday project, and we'll be making our weekly movie predictions and going over this week's DVD and Blu-ray releases. First, let's kick things off with some of what we've been watching. Kevin, we'll start it off with you this week. What have you been watching? Oh, I started something. Watching the Star Wars movies. This is a big deal because those of you out there, I know that you're going to have a hard time believing this, but Kevin has never seen a Star Wars movie up until now. Never seen them. And this sort of came about with uh, talking with people at work. Uh, most of the time we talk about movies. And also you. Just the astonishment that comes from people when I, I'm, when I state that fact. And this year I decided to change that. I decided I'm going to watch these damn Star Wars movies. Now, which uh, <clears throat> have you gotten through the whole original trilogy? Or you, you're just... Uh, not, you not yet. You still gotta, need to watch Jedi. Yeah, I still got to watch Jedi. Um, I didn't un- completely understand the undertaking that this was because, like, I announced that I was going to watch Star Wars, and then it was automatically met with, "Which ones are you going to watch?" <laughs> I didn't know about all these different versions, and I find it very annoying because I just want to watch the original fucking film. That's all I want. It's hard none to do this, that nowadays. None of this bullshit. I guess they added like CGI mm-hmm. and stuff. I was told that like they actually like put in newer characters. Oh yeah, they add. That's why they add. Uh, and some 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 of them they add existing characters to the original ones. Like I think, and I could be wrong about this. And I'm sure. Uh, any fanboys if if i'm incorrect they'll let me know but i think with the new on the blu-rays they added they added like hayden christensen in that's that's what i was gonna say someone the one guy at work told me that and i was just like are you kidding yeah it can't be true but apparently they did that shit fucking idiots yeah so you definitely want to try to see the original theatrical ones as long as there's no cg i think you're good to go i thought well i think i've done a pretty good job with the first two i think i'm watching the originals now real quick the first one a new hope uh it's pretty good i i thoroughly enjoyed it the only thing that was slightly disappointing which is understandable but a lot of it took place in space and inside the actual spacecrafts which makes sense because they probably didn't have that much money, like that much of a budget for this film. But I was really, I wanted more of like all the creatures and the different landscapes and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Skywalker is the most annoying piece of shit. <laughs> just all he does is whine. And I, I would have just killed him right off the bat if I was Han Solo. Because you don't need him. 
mm-hmm. in the first movie. But I digress. And then in the second one, C-3PO took over for Luke Skywalker. Like Luke Skywalker wasn't as whiny in the second one as uh, 3PO. Good Lord. He annoyed the shit out of me in the second one. But I have to say for Empire Strikes Back, they gave me everything that I wanted more of from the first one. So the second one turns out for me to be a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Because it was awesome. Well, I'm glad to see that it was a 10 out of 10 for you. Because that one's my favorite one. That one's always been my top Star Wars. I think most people agree that, that Empire's the best. I don't... I think A New Hope is... Well, I don't know. I don't know where I stand at this point. It's been a while since I rewatched them. But when I was a kid, I loved Return of the Jedi. That was like my absolute favorite when I was a kid because in Return of the Jedi you have a lot more creatures you have mm. like awesome you have like more Jabba the Hutt and uh, more Boba Fett too which you know everybody loves Boba Fett I'm, like, I'm excited then just make sure you stop after Jedi and no yeah <laughs> don't no, get no, no, tempted no, no, no. by the prequels no, that's that's what they asked me, like, right off the bat. They were like, are you going to watch all six? And I was like, no. The other three, to me, don't exist. Well, see, that's that's where you're lucky. Because I was a Star Wars fan before the prequels. So when the first, when Phantom Menace came out, I was all excited for it. And Ryan and I went to go see it, and we're just like, ugh, are you kidding? So, like, <laughs> my memories have already been ruined. But for you... I, I, I envy you. Yeah, I get to just act like they don't exist at all. Yeah, you're lucky. Damn right. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah, I can't wait to see uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I think you'll like... I I still think that Empire's the best, but I think you'll like Return of the Jedi. I'm still excited because when I said, you know, when it was coming up on the second one, Empire, I had a bunch of people telling me that that was the best one. And then I also had a bunch of people telling me that Return of the Jedi is the best one. So I really liked Empire. So it sounds like I'm going to like Return of the Jedi, too. I think you will. Yeah, I think you will. It's. I, I think I've watched the weakest one already, which is A New Hope. I'm sure that there'd be a lot of people that would argue that, but I, I find A New Hope to be the weakest, mostly because George Lucas directed it. He didn't direct the second two. Uh, George Lucas I like George Uh, I mean I like George Lucas but I just think he's backwards about some things yeah Uh, then I watched Ollie Fear Eats the Soul which is a movie from the 70s from Rainer Werner Fassbender German film about an unlikely relationship between an old woman who's I think like in her 60s or 70s and she falls in love with like probably like mid 30s uh like immigrant worker named Ali hmm. and this is sort of based on Douglas Sirk's All That Heaven Allows but <clears throat> Fassbender puts his twist on it really good movie thoroughly enjoyed it uh the only thing that I didn't like about it is Ali the guy that plays him, El Hidi Ben Salim, is... I don't know if they did this on purpose, 
or if he was just, I think he's like a non-professional actor. So it could just be that he's not that great of an actor, but he's very rigid. It's almost like when we talked about the the Brisson movie Pickpocket, mm-hmm. how they did the acting in that. It oh, was yeah. almost as if they were doing that. It was slightly better than Pickpocket because Pickpocket was fucking awful. Yeah. But it's just, it was it was a little rough at times. Because he's so he was he's like an android, he's not like a real person. It's weird. Mm. Yeah, I hate that. But I don't know if also they were doing it because they make illusions because it deals a lot with racism and classism, and they are talking about how um, Arabs aren't considered humans in Germany at that time. So I don't know if it was also that part that they were trying to communicate through his, you know, the way he acted. Mm-hmm. If they were trying to make him less human, but definitely a good movie. Um, in the seventies in Germany, apparently everyone was a piece of shit because everyone in this movie is an asshole. Oh, nice. Bes- besides the couple, pretty much everyone is a complete piece of shit. So there you go. Check that one out. Uh, then I watch Videodrome. One of my favorites. This movie was batshit insane. Yeah, now you need to see um, Naked Lunch. <clears throat> Naked Lunch, I do want to see. I hated the book, but I'm interested to see what Cronenberg does with it. But goddamn, William S. Burroughs sucks. Well, uh, I mean, I, I Videodrome is always going to be my top Cronenberg, I think. But, well, one of my top. Yeah, this is just... Great. And it's just completely surprising that it's still extremely relevant. Oh, yeah. It's almost more relevant now than it was in the 80s. Yeah, it, 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 I think it is more relevant now. I, I just got it on Blu-ray not long ago and watched it. Yeah, and by the way, that does look amazing, what Criterion did with it. Oh, yeah. It looks, it looks, it looks so awesome. good. And I have to say that James was amazing in this film. Mm-hmm. He was awesome. And I thoroughly enjoyed Peter Dvorsky, who played Harlan, mm-hmm. the, the the pirate. Yeah. I thought he was awesome. I don't really understand why uh, Deborah Harry gets recognition for this movie, because I didn't think she really did anything. I didn't dislike her. I didn't think she did. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't dislike her either. I think, I don't know, maybe like during this time, this was like one of her first acting things and... I'm sure she was much more famous back then, so it was probably a bigger deal. Yeah. So fucking great. Loved it. And then I got, uh, we got some screeners. We got our screeners. We did get our screeners. So I watched two of those. I watched uh, Ursula Meyer's Sister, which is nominated for the Independent Spirit Award for Best Foreign Film. And I saw Four, which was... Uh, it's nominated for uh, Best Male Lead, Wendell Pierce, of The Wire and Treme. Uh, this is, I guess, based on a play by Christopher Shin. This is a first feature from Joshua Sanchez. And I have to say that it's extremely well made. I mean, it's not an, an amazing film, but for a first feature, he pretty much nails everything. Yeah, I haven't... And, I'm going to be watching this. He... he um... He plays a, a gay man, right? Yes, a closeted gay man. 
Uh, he has a, a wife and a daughter at home. Uh, it's him. It's essentially two stories, four characters, and all four characters do a great job with their roles. And I think that Wendell Pierce does a good job, but I think the the girl that plays his daughter, Aja Naomi King, was really the standout in this film. I think she should have gotten nominated instead. Mm. <clears throat> but it's Wendell Pierce, his character, it's on the 4th of July, and he meets up with a, a young kid that he met on the internet for like their date. And then the other story is his daughter goes out with uh, like a guy from school or whatever on their date. And it's sort of what happens between all four of those characters. I guess mostly about like sexuality. They touch a little bit on AIDS. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good film. I'm definitely going to be watching out for Joshua Sanchez. I'll be watching that this week. And then I watched Sister, Ursula Meyer's second film. This was, it was okay. Uh, it feels like I've seen this movie before. The old, the kid is wiser beyond his years. Mm-hmm. 12-year-old master thief. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has great cinematography because it takes place in like a Swiss skiing resort. Um, and the performance from the, the 12-year-old thief, Casey Modic Klein. He's awesome in this movie. But, I mean, I would recommend it, but I don't think anyone's going to be blown away by it. Also to note, Gillian Anderson. Yes, Gillian Anderson is in this movie, which is bizarre. Does does she speak? Is she Does she speak English, or does she speak Swedish? She speaks... She speaks... Uh, it's English and French. She speaks a little French. She's essentially like a a vacationer. Oh, okay. She's a, she's a, she meets the twelve year old thief at the the ski resort. Yeah, when I saw the trailer, I was like, "What? What? What is she doing in this movie?" Yeah, it's slightly bizarre. And Martin Compson's in it too, which you might remember him from uh, the disappearance of Alice Creed. Oh yeah, I actually forgot. Yeah, he's about, in it. I forgot about that movie in in general. <laughs> yeah, he's in it. He plays like a cook at the at the ski resort. Oh, okay. I mean, it's it's a good film. I recommend it, but it's not. I don't think it's going to blow you away. Like I said, the main standout here is the Casey Modic Klein, his performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I just I found it interesting that there's so many of these films recently with the kids wise beyond their years, and the only other movie we have is. The idea that we see a lot of is the man-child that can't grow up. Yep. It's, it's sort of odd. It's Wes Anderson. It's very odd. And then I watched a shit ton of those short films Yeah, from uh, Sundance. If you haven't um, seen it while Sundance is happening, I don't know if they'll keep them up after Sundance, but at least while it's going on, YouTube is offering 12 of the Sundance short films they're going to be playing at this year's festival. So we uh, got we, we saw a bunch of those. I saw all of them. And you saw, what, six of them so far? Yeah. I would just highlight Black Metal and Marcel, King of... Shit, what is that movie called? King of King Tur- Turverin? Yes. <laughs> About roosters. It was amazing. One one amazing rooster in particular. Yeah, he is unstoppable. <laughs> you cannot kill Marcel. 
Oh man, I, I wanted. Kill I just wanted him to succeed in life. <laughs> I know. I was. I was audibly cheering for a rooster, a Belgian rooster. I thought that the the shorts lineup was. Some of them were really good, like Marcel and Black Metal. Black Metal. We talked before the show. It has to be made into a feature length film. Like. Yeah, and like I've, we said, we're surprised it hasn't been already. I really want to see that made into a feature length. And I, I hope that it's one of those kind of concept short films where, you know, they make it in order to possibly finance a feature length. I hope that that's what happens. Yeah, that would be nice. I would like I would like to see that. Um, some of them were, I mean, they, they seemed really hit or miss. I liked maybe half of them. Yeah. Some of them were definitely hit or miss. There was uh, some of them I can't believe are in Sundance. The the one that I really was wondering is called When Zombies When the Zombies Come. I was like, what is? Th-? I mean, like I don't understand how this is even h- how it made it in. It's like a bunch of kids recording what they would do if a, a zombie outbreak took place. Yeah, I thought like, the same thing with the broken night yeah but at least that was at least that was was amateurish though so horrible well the the um actress in that i've seen her in a lot of other stuff but i I, at any rate i didn't like that one either the end i I didn't want to talk about it It it's just (laughs) not just not pleased with that (laughs) that one oh I mean, I thought some of the other ones were were decent, though. But yeah, check those out. Yes, uh, check check them out. We have a link on the. They don't allow embedding of the actual movies, so I put a link on the site. Anything else? I think that's it. Let's see. I started off with my Grindhouse Weekly feature. Saw a movie called Road Games. This is a, an Australian film from 1981. Stars Stacy Keach and um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Basically, it's a rear window clone. I mean, we've seen a lot of these, but this is interesting because it takes place on the road. So it's mm-hmm. like Stacy Keach plays this truck driver, and he's kind of just observe it, observing the fellow travelers that drive by. And he kind of plays games where he makes up identities for them and stuff like that. And and he ends up picking up Jamie Lee Curtis, who's hitchhiking. And they basically uncover what they think is a serial killer. And it's very... I mean, it's exactly... They, they don't hide it. It is a Rear Window remake, yeah. basically. But... I was so surprised at how well made it was. Like the camera work, there's these amazing tracking shots that they do throughout the film. And I just, it was great. I was so surprised at this movie and it's impossible to get. I got a VHS copy. I have it on DVD on Amazon, but it's like $130. So my God, please, whoever owns the rights to road games, Pick that up. Put it out there. Put it out on DVD or Blu-ray. Because are you are you listening, Alamo Draft House? Yeah, exactly. Get on that. Get on it. This is a perfect Draft House film. So I highly recommend that if you can somehow track down <laughs> somehow a copy. Get a 
Uh, I also saw a movie called Dead End Drive-In. I'm going to be writing about this one next week. This is another Australian film. I'm having this little Australian kick right now. But this is... It's okay. I'm not going to really get into detail because I'm just going to write about it on the show. Uh, I saw William Friedkin's Sorcerer. Now, I saw this first, and then I saw the original The Wages of Fear afterwards. I did that on purpose, but Sorcerer is great. I don't know which one I like better at this point. I'm going to say The Wages of Fear, for mainly for one scene in particular, but they were both just incredible films. I mean, they take the suspense to a whole other level in these movies. These are the most suspenseful movies I think I've ever seen. The plot of both of them is the exact same. It's based on the book, The Wages of Fear. And it's about a group of guys, four guys, that need to drive trucks full of nitroglycerin, highly volatile nitroglycerin, 200 miles on these insanely treacherous roads in South America. And they have to get to this oil well that's on fire. And they have to blow it up. And it's just about the various obstacles and things that get in their way on the way to this well. And it's it's great. I love both the original and the remake. I was surprised at how similar they were because I kind of, I don't know why, I just thought that <laughs> William Freakin would probably change a lot of stuff around. And but he keeps it, but he keeps it pretty. Yeah, the end is different. Uh, the characters are slightly different. Their backstories are different, mm. and that was one of the reasons that I like the original more is because the characters in the original were developed more and they were more likable. Like you could, they were just decent people. In the freaking yeah. one, sorcerer. They were just kind of criminals and assholes. And they were criminals in the original one, too, but they were just more likable. Yeah. So the original one's from, I think, uh, 55, somewhere around there. and yeah, 50, 53. 53, okay, yeah. It says 55 on Letterboxd, but uh-uh. the uh, it's on Criterion, so I would highly recommend... I would actually recommend both of them. The remake, Sorcerer, has um, Roy Schneider in it. Yeah, I'm going to have to check out the the remake. I'm probably going to have to revisit The Wages of Fear as well. I mean, just so suspenseful. I love the concept of the movie, too. It's just, it's so simple, like, but when you watch it, it's, I mean, you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. And yeah. the crazy situations that they get in, I mean, it's just, it's clever the ways that they get themselves out of these situations in both movies. Very clever. Just I, I loved both of them. What else did I see? Oh, I saw The Last Stand with Arnold. Oh yeah, what's uh, the verdict? How how was that? Uh, it's not too good. Uh, the I have the full review up on the site for that, so you can read my thoughts in detail on there. I felt that it was just average. I didn't hate it. It wasn't horrible or anything, but it was not 
what I would call a good movie. Not that anyone expected that. Yeah. But I was kind of hoping for more from the director. And there was... There was some clever things that happened in it. There were some interesting scenes. There was a car chase scene that took place in a in a um, cornfield. Yeah. And that was cool. Like, to see a car chase in a cornfield where, like, neither of them knew where the other was. And they were kind of just driving and trying to find him in this field of corn. That was cool. And the way that they shot it was cool. Uh, the, some of the action scenes were interesting. The violence in this movie is over the top. Heads exploding, people exploding. <laughs> I mean, it's it is a bloody movie, and it sometimes that's not a good thing. Like in Gangster Squad, it felt kind of out of place and weird. In this movie, you need it because that was one of the only things that didn't that kept me from falling asleep. I thought that it was the first act was extremely boring. I was just like, oh. Let's get it going here. Come on. Yeah. Johnny Knox. I mean, the, the, the main goal of this film is just to entertain. Yeah. Right. And I, so get to it. Exactly. Arnold was fine, but I had a conversation with Ryan about this last night. He was horrible in it, like his acting. And I don't. But you don't care because it's Arnold? I, yeah, like I still that's, like him. That's the thing. Like, yeah, that's that's part of his thing, which is odd. Yeah, like for some reason he's endearing because every character he is still has the damn Austrian accent. Right. Actually, no he matter um, what backstory they have, he does actually. There is a line that he says in the movie because the villain, the villain is uh, from Mexico, I think, and yeah. there's a line where he goes, "You give." Because you give immigrants like us a bad name. <laughs> so he does actually address it in this movie. But uh, the like his acting is so poor. And I can't tell if maybe it's just it stands out more now because it's been so long since we've seen him in a starring role. Or that he's been away from acting for so long that he kind of l- lost whatever he had. I mean, his character's name is Ray Owens. <laughs> you could have at least given him, uh, like, a somewhat German name. Yeah. Ray Owens. I don't know. Maybe he changed it when he got in the country. Who knows? So, they, I think I gave it a 4 out of 10 on the site. It's just pretty much average, maybe a little bit below average. I would mm-hmm. definitely not see it in the theater. I would wait for that wait. to come out gotcha on netflix or something uh and finally i saw the we in the eye this is the new michelle gondry film a lot of people i feel like a lot of people are hating on this movie just because of what it is it's a relatively small film just about a group of high schoolers on their last day of school and the entire movie is their bus ride home it takes place in the bronx has an amazing old school hip hop soundtrack that I love and they play music through like 85% of the movie. So there's a lot of music, a lot of songs. And I actually really enjoyed this movie. I don't know why people hate it so much. I think it's just because they find the characters to be douchey. 
And they are. Yeah. I mean, they're teenagers. You know, that's that's how teenagers are. They're assholes. <laughs> and <laughs> I love the blanket statement. Well, yeah, I mean, These dicks. They're just dicks. Okay. Dicks and I think for the most for the most part, a lot of them are. And but yeah, they're not all all the ca- every person that's on this bus is not an asshole. But the movie focuses more on the ones that are because they're the ones that are more vocal. You know, the the kids that are not assholes are quiet and keep to themselves and try not to get noticed. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the main reasons people are assholes because they don't shut the hell up. Yeah, and that, and that's kind of how this is like. Yeah, a lot of the characters are not likable, but they weren't <clears throat> likable in kids either. And I think that this is kind of an updated version of kids. It's more stylish. I think it's better made, looks better. And not everything worked. There were some like cutaways in this that didn't really gel with me. Mm-hmm. And there's there's some there's definitely some Michelle Gondry things in this the old camera tricks and whatnot. yeah like he uses some some of his uh like paper animation type things and that type of thing so i would recommend checking it out it's definitely more straight than gondry's previous films and i hope i didn't say harmony korean when i mentioned this earlier because i did that once already it's michelle gondry <laughs> I don't think you said Harmony Kerr. It's very similar. But anyway, I would say check check it out. It's it's worth seeing. I'm excited. I'm going to see it. It's worth seeing. But I'm a, I'm a big fan of Gondry. You might be disappointed then. Because it's not... I, I don't know. I, I'll be very curious. Because at first, when I would first think about it, I would say Kevin is going to hate this movie. Because you don't typically like movies about like teenagers and oh god no and the acting is really shitty in it too forgot to mention that but awesome it gets a it gets a pass because these are all i think these are all non-actors i was gonna say isn't it essentially sort of the same thing he did with be kind rewind where he had like the entire Mm -hmm. you know he got everyone in the neighborhood to help with the movie yeah uh at least, I think, four of the characters... Well, everybody... All the characters play themselves. Like, all the characters that are on the bus, they have their own names and everything. And I think four of the characters are siblings. No, five. Five of the characters are actually siblings. Mm. So there's this familial thing that's happening, too. So I really enjoyed it. I think that... It was solid. So, solid. solid. All right. Solid. Instead of doing Amazon deals, I think what we're going to do from now on is talk about our Kickstart Sunday feature. Every week. I, I do have one Amazon deal real quick. Okay, go ahead. Because you stated road games. So I had to check it up on Amazon here to see how much it is for a DVD copy of this movie. So you can get a new DVD road games five hundred and eighteen dollars eighty four cents that's a deal so just if you got some money burning a hole in your pocket or your savings account or whatever and you really want to see some road games there you go 
That's all you need. 518 bucks. And this is also not playing on Netflix. It's not playing on any of the on-demand services no. anywhere. But it, if you have an all-region, you can get the PAL Region 2 for like 18 bucks. Yeah. So. But screw that. It's crazy. Go bigger. Go home. $519. That's all you need to see some road games. <laughs> not sure if it's worth that. But. <laughs> uh, so... We do a feature every Sunday where we highlight a Kickstarter project. We f- we help fund it ourselves with the few shekels that we can afford to give, and the pennies that we have. We we just try to promote some some of these projects that we really believe in. So from now on, instead of doing our Amazon deals, because honestly, by the time we air this, the deals will have changed, and it's pointless. Uh, we're going to talk about our Kickstarter project for the week. So this week we have Where the Red Fox Lies. Now this is a short film that's being directed by Jeff Ray. So we never really picked any short films for this, but as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh man, this is this is right up our alley. So basically it's a short film about a girl who suffers from spontaneous combustion. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, oh, right, there. right there. As soon as I, I saw that, I was like, anymore. there were two things that drew me in. Um, the That little blurb and the artwork. Yes, the watercolor for this or looks, looks like it's probably ink. Ink or watercolor drawing. Yeah, that's the first thing I saw was the picture. And I was like, whoever did that picture needs to do an animated short as well. Yes. Because it would be awesome. So I'm I'm very excited about this. The goal is fifteen thousand one hundred dollars. Currently, as of recording, they're at five thousand one hundred twenty nine with twenty two days to go. So it is within reach. So all we ask is that you just go to our site. We'll have the article should be on the homepage for a few days before it gets bumped off. But we will have the Kickstarter widget on the side of our page all week so you can go there click on the links donate and help out this really interesting looking project i was really into the the cinematography of this i thought it looked great i hope he gets his money me too i hope he gets it because i want to see this finished yeah i'm intrigued i'm very intrigued to see this so head on over to the site where the red fox lies is the name jeff ray's the director do it. Do it. And I want to I want to see someone with some balls that will pledge $5,000. That's what I want to see. If you if you pledge I want to see, see someone do that. <clears throat> also, if you pledge, make sure you send us an email with your name and your uh location so we can give you a shout out on next week's episode. Yeah. All right. Do it. Let's uh you want to talk about some news? You want to talk about some Oscars? You want to do some news <laughs> first? I don't know if I have any news. I just have I have a couple quick things. One of those was the trail the Sundance shorts, which we already mentioned. I also wanted to mention some trailers, most notably Spring Breakers trailer that has finally come out. <clears throat> that that trailer's batshit insane. I cannot wait for this movie. I'm so excited for it. It looks so ridiculous. I'm so excited for this movie. We also have a trailer for Quentin. Dupio's Wrong Cops, which I'm equally excited about. 
I didn't realize that that was Marilyn Manson. Did you Did you realize that? I I knew that he was in the film, but I didn't recognize. Yeah, him I knew he was in the trailer. I knew he was in it, but I think he has like braces in it too. He looks so ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I I had no idea that was him. Plus, Taco's in it. Taco. I didn't know Taco was in it. Yes, Taco is in it. I hope his name's Taco in it too. Yep. That would put a smile on my face. He will be forever known as Taco, no matter what he does. It's unfortunate. Yeah, uh, that's okay. But at least he's known. Yeah. Uh, we also have the trailer for uh, Mud, the new Jeff Nichols movie with Matthew McConaughey. I think this looks really good, too. Yeah, that, that, that looked pretty good. Looked pretty good to me. Pretty excited for that. And... Uh, I don't think we mentioned it. The SVHS trailer came out. Oh, I didn't see that. It, I'll have to watch that one. Yeah, it looks it looks good. I'm pretty excited for it. I, I oh, I just one more thing to add on mud. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, that guy is rolling. Oh yeah, he is. My goodness, he's just like a complete 180, and he's just like a machine now. He's cranking it out. He is crazy. ever since fool's gold, man. <laughs> that was it, it. I, I have a feeling that that, you know, he kept seeing posters for that damn movie and he just took stock of his life and he was like, yeah, I got to change. I got to make some changes. I got to do something here. I got to turn this around. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. So bravo. Bravo, Mr. McConaughey. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and move on to the Oscars. Uh, you know, I was making my predictions and whatever and. This year, all my predictions are fairly random. Did, did you find yourself, when I was doing this, like the first two, I was into my choices. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm predicting Oscars here. And then like the third or fourth one, I was like, oh, who gives a fuck? And I just started like picking one. <laughs> um, well, see, the thing about me predicting the Oscars is it's always kind of bittersweet because inevitably the people that I predict to win are never the ones that I want to win. Yeah. So it's always kind of like, uh, that's going to win, but I don't want it to. Yeah. So it's like, it's like the kind of thing where you're, you're predicting it. You know, you want to be right. In, <laughs> the predictions in, are making you sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you want to be right if you're in like an Oscar pool or whatever, but at the same time, you want to be you wrong. Wanna, you want to be completely wrong. Uh, so let's, I guess, start at the bottom. We're not going to go... I don't think we need to go over all of these. Maybe just... So we'll start with the animated short film? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Documentary short? Yeah, the... Uh, let's not... Makeup? Let's not bother with Makeup. any of those. <laughs> Makeup and hairdressing? Let's start with foreign language film. We have... Oh, jeez. Uh, Amor, Contiki, No, A Royal Affair, and War Witch. Now, I haven't seen War Witch... Or, actually, you know what? I only saw more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) We we got War Witch as part of our Spirit Awards screeners, so... We didn't didn't get to watch that one yet. Yeah, definitely going to be watching that, but... I'm pretty sure it's going to be a more. I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) foreshadowing, it's nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, exactly. None of the other ones are. So, I have a feeling it's going to win. I'd be completely surprised if it didn't. I would just... It would blow my mind. 
What would it <laughs> essentially here's, like? What here's you what, guys are just stupid. What what would this happen if sense. it won for best picture but did not win for best? <laughs> <laughs> I I hope that happens. Well, I think honestly. the I think that the voters are different for those. Like I don't think uh, I think there's separate voting bodies for those. I I hope so. They, they would so it is possible. Hilarious. It is a possibility that that could happen, but. That would just really highlight and punctuate how much of a mess the Academy is. I hope it happens in that regard. Uh, so Great. we're both saying more on that, obviously. Because uh, it's the only one we saw. I don't think... Uh, yeah, I haven't seen any. Amore's the only one I saw. I like the, the nominations for the Independent Spirit Awards better for the foreign language. Yeah. Well, I, I like the nominations for almost everything in the spirit awards better <laughs> yeah true um true. okay let's move on to best animated feature we have brave frankenweenie paranorman the pirates band of misfits and wreck it ralph i saw all of these and oh i have so much to see i've seen one i think that i honestly think it's a toss-up between frankenweenie and paranorman and oh. uh, i'm gonna say i'm gonna say frankenweenie I went out on a limb here and just said Brave. It's just a pick. Go ahead and watch Brave and then revise that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be pissed if that wins. But, well, that's the other thing. The, the Academy never really picks the best. Yeah, that's true. For the most part. That's true. You got to try and think of what's up their alley. So we have. What do they do? Where's the, the sentimental bullshit movies? No, they're they're coming. In fact, here we go. Best cinematography: we have Anna Karenina, Django Unchained, Life of Pi, Lincoln, and Skyfall. I'm predicting Life of Pi. That same here. I think same that here. it definitely shouldn't be at all, but it will be. Yeah. I mean, those five movies aren't even close to the best cinematography of the year. Give me a break. Hmm. I don't know. Skyfall was pretty good. Yeah, Skyfall was pretty good, but there's a ton of movies that were better. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Uh, let's see, what else do you want to cover here? I guess we <clears throat> want to get into the actors. Well, why not? Let's let's dip in. All right, supporting actress: we have Amy Adams for The Master, Sally Field for Lincoln, Anne Hathaway for Les Mis, Helen Hunt for The Sessions, and Jackie Weaver for Silver Linings. I'm saying Anne Hathaway. Ooh, I'm guessing Sally Field. Oh, <laughs> I hope <laughs> not. I could not. St- I would. I would honestly pick. I would think either Amy Adams or Anne Hathaway. And I have heard Helen Hunt's pretty good in this session. She is. She is I good. Uh, I just find it odd. Jackie Weaver. She has like eight, nine lines of dialogue. I I, don't I, I mean I love Jackie Weaver, but seriously, maybe there wasn't a lot to choose from this year. I don't know. It's, it's just ridiculous. I think Anne Hathaway, but I don't know. I mean Anne Hathaway didn't have a lot to do in Les Miserables either. Yeah, but it is supporting. So she was the highlight of that film, though. Oh, by far. Either that or Russell Crowe. Because <laughs> Russell Crowe fucking <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Voice, the voice the voice of an angel <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I was like literally t- 
tears. Russell <laughs> I know. Who knew the gladiator had that angelic yeah. voice? My God. All right, best leading actress, we have Jessica Chastain for Zero Dark Thirty, Jennifer Lawrence for Silver Linings, and Emmanuel Riva for more, Quivenjane Wallace in Beasts of the Southern Wild, and Naomi Watts for The Impossible. I'm going to say Emmanuel Riva. Well, I got to redo this completely, because I'm thinking Jessica Chastain, but then you're telling me that they're coming out and saying they're not voting for Zero Dark Thirty. I don't know if that goes Who knows? along with the actress as well because i think that's sort of shitty i don't know, you know to, to hold back on her because of the content of the film i don't know i mean I think, well i, I was bullshit. i was kind of it was a toss-up for me between those two but i don't know I'm, i might end up i i'd have to definitely say out of those five reba definitely deserves it she actually gave a great performance where everyone else was just sort of meh. Well, see, that's I mean, Quivenjane was awesome, you know. But I think if she's she, a six-year-old and all she had to do was be cute. Yeah, I, I mean, think they just probably fed her lines. And, like, I think that she'll, she'll have to be the youngest recipient, I would imagine. That would be awesome if she won. Would lose it. Yeah. Would lose shit. I mean, I think... I, I, mean, I have, I have Jessica, Jessica Chastain. Okay. That's what I have. Jennifer Lawrence, serious? <laughs> Are you fucking serious? I thought she was fine, but I don't know if it was Oscar worthy. Yeah, I mean, fucking Marion Cotillard acted circles around oh, her. Oh yeah, Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. All right, we have supporting actor Alan Arkin for Argo, De Niro for Silver Linings. Philip Seymour Hoffman for The Master, Tommy Lee Jones in Lincoln, Christoph Waltz in Django. Again, I love Alan Arkin, but Alan Arkin plays fucking Alan Arkin. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? Sir. <laughs> Why? This, oh, my God. So what are you thinking on uh, supporting here, actor? Um, um, I'm on with De Niro. I, I, I'm thinking De Niro, Tommy Lee. I actually went with Christoph Waltz, and I think I'm going to revise that because I just remembered I'm pretty sure that he won for Inglorious Bastards. Yes. And I have a did. feeling that they're not going to yeah. do it again. So I think that I'm actually going to amend mine, and I, I haven't decided who I'm going to go with yet. I would have to say that I would be happy with anyone besides Alan Arkham. And again, I love Alan Arkin, but he I, he just played himself. I agree. I agree. It wasn't like this huge stretch where I was like, holy shit, Alan Arkin. Yeah. And Tom, Tommy Lee go. Jones. Tommy Lee Jones was fantastic in Lincoln. Not a fan of the movie, but the performances were off the charts. So. Plus, it was, I just really loved that De Niro was in a good movie. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like. Everybody wanted him to be in a good movie for so long. It's good to have him he back. Finally did it. Although he nailed it. Although we do we did post our review for Silver Linings and I think Todd gave it a 4. Well, it is a bullshit movie. <clears throat> 4? I don't know. 4. Well, I the one of the things that really pisses me off about this movie and I think is slightly dangerous is how so many people are saying that it's such an important film about mental illness. And to me, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's complete bullshit mental illness film. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's over. <laughs> We're done. You have I'm, to. I'm tired of talking you about Silver to. Linings Playbook. Yeah. You're going to talk about it I liked it. I, I didn't... I certainly wouldn't give it a four. In fact, when he originally submitted the review to me, it was a three. Mm. And I was like, wow, okay. I didn't ask him to... You can't, come on, Todd. You gave it less than Baytown Outlaws? I didn't... Are you kidding me? He revised it himself. I didn't ask okay. him anything, so he he resubmitted it. I hope that it was based on that, that he saw what he gave Baytown Outlaws. Baytown Outlaws. <laughs> God almighty. All right. Leading actor, we have Joaquin... Uh, sorry, I was starting with my pick. <laughs> Bradley Cooper for Silver Linings, Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln, Hugh Jackman for Les Miserables, Joaquin Phoenix for The Master, Denzel Washington for Flight. Uh, I'm saying Joaquin. Going Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I'm going Daniel Day-Lewis. You know, I think that it's... They fucking love him. It's a toss-up between those two, but I thought that... I thought that Joaquin's performance was much more transformative. Just how his posture changed. Like, just everything about him changed for that movie. And I just, I really... Yeah, I would, I, I would say he's the most deserving out of those five. I mean, Daniel Day was great in it, but I don't know. Just give it, give it to Joaquin. Just do it. Do it. Even though he ripped you guys to shreds. Yes, he did. He Actually, you know he what? You. I completely he's not. He's not. Gonna. I completely forgot about that. I'm, I yeah, have to make, gonna, <laughs> I have to amend that. You got to change that. I'm sorry. He doesn't want that carrot. Yep, I have to amend that because he's not going to win that. I would. I would be happy with any everyone except Hugh Jackman. Just throw that out there. Or Bradley Cooper. I would be. Again. Well, I, I haven't seen Flight, good, so I, I don't know. I don't know. They said I've heard he's pretty good in flight. I want to see that now. I don't. It sounds like it's going to be ridiculous, though. Yeah. The way it deals with the alcoholism. I, yeah, I don't really want to see it. Uh, okay. You want to get on to the? Okay, we'll do documentary because I, I saw okay. a bunch of these. We have five broken. I saw none. <laughs> what you you saw zero? I've seen it. I've seen zero. I have to get on top of that. Five Broken Cameras, The Gatekeepers, How to Survive a Plague, The Invisible War, and Searching for Sugar Man. I'm saying The Invisible War because that's most likely the one that's going to win. However, I don't want that to win. Mm. I'm going to watch How to Survive a Plague this week. I, I loved Searching that's, for Sugar Man. That's, uh, I, I have that How to Survive a Plague will win. That's what I'm going with. I would say it's probably down to those two. But I would have to say, from what I've heard about all these films, I'd be happy with any one of them. I would, I would be happy with any of them but The Invisible War, I think. You know what? No, I, I, I take that back. That sounds so insensitive. <laughs> well, the thing about, the, thing about the, Im- the Invisible War is that it's an important film, and it made change happen. And I think in that regard, it's amazing. You know, it's a 10 out of 10. But as far as, like, f- the the creation, a, you know, like, from, from just... Yeah, from a, a film aspect. Yeah, from a film aspect. Execution. It was, it was kind of generic. Like, there wasn't mm-hmm. anything... Gotcha. And we're not talking the imposter here. And I, I think that the imposter should be on this list. Yeah, it definitely should. Are you kidding me? I, I love the imposter. 
The Imposter could uh, replace some of the movies in Best Picture. I would also agree with that. So, uh, all right, you want to go into directing? Yeah, let's do some, let's do some directing here. So we have a more get to it. a more Beast of the Southern Wild, Life of Pi, Lincoln, and Silver Linings Playbook. That's Michael Haneke, Ben Zeitlin, Ang Lee, Steven Spielberg, and David O. Russell. I love how on the actual Oscar checklist they don't list the director; they just list the movies. <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> like, come on. ridiculous. If I if I was one of these guys, I'd be like, "Are you kidding me? You can't put my name there?" Because <laughs> they have names for everything else. Yeah, but not them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So I'm saying this might also get amended at some point, but for now, I'm saying Lincoln. I'm saying Spielberg. Mm. For right now, I'm saying Ang Lee. I just, I don't know. I, I want Ben Zeitlin to win. Just, yeah, they're not. Just because out of all of these other directors, I think that I just liked his movie the most out of all of them. And he is a first-time director, so I would hesitate in giving a first-time director an Oscar right off the bat. You know, I feel like you should maybe see get one yeah. other movie under your belt or something, but if it's good, it's good. That's true. I mean, I, I would probably want him to win, but just as long as silver lines playbook doesn't win. That's all. That's all I want. I, that's all I, I can't imagine that would win and do not win. It shouldn't even be fucking nominated. I think that that kind of makes a good segue for the best picture nominees because I was looking at these and I'm like, which one of these is going to win? Like, I mean, they were all decent, but I just have a hard time, you know, seeing the Academy voting for any one of these by a majority. So we have Amor, Argo, Beasts of the Southern Wild, Django Unchained, Les Miserables, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. Now, my original guess was Zero Dark Thirty. That was my original pick, but then they're coming out with all this stuff saying that members of the Academy are saying that they're not voting for Zero Dark Thirty for, because of the content and all this stuff. So now I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. So I ended up going with more. I mean, not more. I'm sorry, Argo. <laughs> well, and I think that really punctuates how bullshit the Academy is. The fact that you're coming out and saying, we're not going to vote for this because of content. Are you kidding me? It's, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it, it's funny because, you know, we're we're complaining about it because they came out on record and said it, but you know that they've been doing it for years. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, and they would, Django well, Unchained? Why. Come on. Well, that's, um, yeah. They would never yeah. vote for that movie. No. I think I would literally shit my pants if Django Unchained won. I have, uh, I'm one with Lincoln. Against, I don't know. I just I feel as though that's right up their alley. It but is. I could definitely see Argo. It is. The, well, I was I was kind of toying between both, but I'm just sort of going on. <clears throat> um, you know, he's not nominated for director. He won the Golden Globe, and usually, if you win the Golden Globe, you don't win the Oscar. I think it's only happened like three, three, three times in like the last since 2000. Yeah, I don't know. So, I'm going Lincoln. 
Lincoln? Okay. Go on the Lincoln. We're gonna still haven't watched it. I keep trying so hard to to do it. Well, you have some time. The, and always at the last second, I just decide to watch something else. <laughs> the Oscars are airing live on Sunday, February twenty fourth at seven o'clock Eastern on ABC, and I believe we're going to be live blogging that. So live blog. Yes. Yeah, so tune into the site during, and we might have some might have the ability for some of our viewers to chat with us as well. We should do a live podcast. That's we could do that. We could do that. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to our predictions. We predicted Predicts. we predicted mama. Mama. You said 68, I said 57, actual 64. Uh-huh. Yeah. Broken City. That. You said 48, I said 50, actual 25. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Uh, broken City, more like Broken Movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You didn't see it, but I high-fived you. Nice. And then finally we have The Last Stand. You said 30, I said 36, actual 57. Son of a bitch. So, well, you got two there, and I got one. We're actually tied right now. Our scores are even, 61 to 61. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I got to turn around. Turn that around, Kevin. Next week, this is your chance right here. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. What what are you thinking? Uh, 40. 40, huh? Okay, I'm going to say... See, this this is tough because it could really go either way. It Mm -hmm. could be a nightmare train wreck like Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter or it could be just like bloody fun yeah so I'll, ooh. and also sort of depends on how critics are going to take it exactly well I'm going to go out on a limb I'm going to say 42 I'm going to pick the upside and we have Parker this is the new Jason Statham these movies should just be called Statham <laughs> They shouldn't yeah. even come up with titles for them. It should just be Statham 1, Statham 2, Statham 3. Because I think this is, what, like Statham 17? It, They're all the fucking same. Yeah, it's all the same. So I'm going to say, um, I'll say 42 on that one as well. I'm going to go 37. 37? <laughs> That's a Statham 37. Statham 37. <laughs> And then finally, we have Movie 43. This is the comedy anthology thing <laughs> that, I'm pre- just, that I'm pretty sure has, some- has the largest cast I've ever seen. I can't believe they got people to do this. Hey, maybe it'll be hilarious. Who knows? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it will be. Either. What are you thinking on this one? Uh, 12. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, this is going to be atrocious. I think you're right. I'm going to say 18. I mean, when was the last time the Fairly Brothers did anything good? I was trying to think. I couldn't think of anything. No, it's been a long time. No, I... Dumb and Dumber. Didn't like him. Like, Brett Ratner did one of these segments. That's an indicator right there. Ugh. That is an indicator. 
It's called Movie 43. Why? That's what I want to know. What's that all about? Do you know? I have no fucking clue. Hmm. There's so many damn people on this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, ter- terrible, terrible decisions all around yeah. for everybody. All right. Let's go over our DVD and Blu-ray releases. This is for Tuesday, January 22nd. Pretty big uh, week here. We got End of Watch, the Jake Gyllenhaal, Michael Pena found footage thing. I actually like this. I want to rewatch this. I have to check this out. I haven't seen it yet. It, uh, it's nominated for a couple of things, so I got I got to jump on this. It is. It is nominated for some uh, Spirit Awards. Michael, yeah, Michael Pena is nominated. Yeah, I think I check it out. It's it's good. It's worth seeing. For a good time, call. I think actually for the Spirit Awards, I think it was End of Watch was nominated for cinematography too. Mm. Uh, so we have for a good time call. This is a comedy. I can't remember who's in it. I think just is Justin Long in it. I think. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And I know Seth Rogen plays a really small role in it, and Kevin Smith plays a really small role. This was actually really good. I, I thought it was quite funny. So I would I would probably rent this bad boy. They may have mm-hmm. keep the lights on. This is nominated for quite a few Spirit Awards, including Best Picture, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I like this. That's surprising. I liked it, but it was not anything. I didn't think it was anything special, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think it's like nominated for Best Actor, Best yeah, Best, best picture, picture, Best Actor. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I just wasn't impressed by it, honestly. Like, it was a good story, but I, I felt like it was something that I've seen before. We have Nobody Walks. This is the movie starring you, John Krasinski. That's right. I had a vague interest in this, but... Yeah. 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 Mm. Eh. Maybe. Sometime. So much better things to be watching, so... Then we have The Paper Boy. This is, uh, what's his name? Lee Daniels, is that? Lee Daniels. This is the one with Zac Efron, our boy, Matthew McConaughey, John Cusack, Nicole Kidman. Uh, uh, Nicole Kidman that pisses on Zac Efron. Yeah. Pisses on. I want to see that. (laughs) I want to see that happen. (laughs) I just want to see Zac Efron get pissed on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that should be the tagline for the movie watch Zach after I get this done (laughs) (laughs) oh man that'd be great I mean what do you what do you think about this I was I had a I had an interest at one time and then just hearing what I heard just slowly lost interest yeah that's exactly how it was for me too I might check it out this week I don't know I have a lot of movies to watch so yeah, okay. like I said with some of the other stuff, there's so much better stuff to be watching. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Searching for Sugar Man. I saw this. It's a great documentary. Uh, as you know, it's nominated for the Oscar for Best Documentary. One thing that I'll say, and I, I said this before when I talked about it, when I saw it, don't look anything up on this. Keep yourself in the dark because you'll benefit from it greatly because i had no idea other than it was about a a singer that's all i knew and that's that's 
That's all I know so far. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to be checking that do not out. Look, do not Hopefully. look anything up. Uh, and then finally, the only other one I want to mention, I know there's some criterions, but Ticks. <laughs> we finally have a DVD and Blu-ray release of Ticks, the classic. Oh, thank God. I remember seeing this when I was a kid on, it was, I think it was on like Sci-Fi or something. And it was awesome. Talking about the 93 epic? Oh, yes. Seth Green? Seth Green's in that? <laughs> You're damn right Seth Green's in it. Oh, speaking of which, great interview with him on WTF last week. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Clint Howard. Clint Howard I, as well. Yeah, I know Clint Howard's in it. But this is awesome. Yep, I like this. So, what do we have on the Criterion front? Uh, hopefully, at some point in time, Ticks will come out on Criterion because well, it deserves it. it. Deserves it. Uh, one that is not a Criterion that I just want to mention real quick is Takeshi Miike's remake of Harakiri, the Kobayashi. Samurai classic from 62, which is on Criterion, but Miyake does a remake that's coming out. I'm going to check that out because his 13 Assassins remake was insanely awesome. I heard that the, this one is not, it's not, not nearly, as good. Well, it's not as good. I heard that it was not as good, it's, but also it's not, there's not a it's lot. It's not as action right, fact. Yeah. It's a completely different film, but I still want to check it out because I thought he did a great job with the 13 Assassins. Just the whole look of the film was perfect. It's awesome. So I'm interested in seeing his remake of this. Uh, the Criterions we got coming out. My goodness. One of our favorites, Pina from Wim Wenders. I saw that, unfortunately. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> so, yeah, that's out there. Um, Ivan's Childhood. The Tarkovsky, 62. I want to definitely check this out. This is out on Blu-ray now. Great, uh, pretty much a Russian classic. So I'm checking that one out. And that's it from Criterion. Okay. But I would definitely suggest Ivan's Childhood. Even though I haven't seen it, it's Tarkovsky. And he's awesome. And it's on Criterion. So it's awesome. There we go. Pina. You can probably pass on No, that. you can pass on Pina. Pass on Pina, please. Pass it. Pass it. Ugh. Watch Ticks instead. Watch Ticks instead. You'll, <laughs> you'll get much more enjoyment out of watching Ticks than Pina. Trust me on that. <laughs> Whoa. There's one more we forgot about. Zombie ass. Ooh, zombie ass. <laughs> zombie ass. Uh-oh. Apparently that's coming out. That's got to go in the vault for... For Ryan. Mr. For Mr. Ryan. I wonder if it's Toilet of the Dead zombie ass. Well, there's also, I think, uh, Dead Sushi comes out. Is that a zombie ass? I think it's about zombie sushi. Zombie sushi? Okay. So, yeah. I have no idea what's... This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. God. For all the latest film news reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net. We want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at feedback at filmpulse.net or give us a call on our voicemail line at 850-391-6071. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I am John Krizit. I'm sorry, Kevin. And we will see you on Wednesday for Ryan Watches a Movie when we have him watch Hansel and Gretel.
fucking loved that movie. Yeah. That's what I heard. Word on the street. 